0: Welcome to the podcast, episode number 38. Today we've got coming up Mr. Jason Saxby. But I want to tell you a little announcement. Today's podcast, once again, is brought to you by the wonderful Chef Notepad. Head to the website, check it out, because it's um, chefnotepad.com. And even the website's cool, but it sort of saves all your um, food costs, helps you work stuff out. So it's designed for restaurant owners and chefs. Uh, a super, super game changer and in your pocket all the time so you can um, share recipes and know all, know what's going on. So, you know, in business, we need to know our food costs and uh, that is going to be a tool that's going to help you do that. But today, Jason Saxby down at Ray's in Byron got to go down there today and hang out with him. And it was absolutely beautiful day. This man is a complete gentleman. He's flexible, adaptable, and always positive. And I think um, to be around him is an absolute pleasure. So uh, I think you're gonna feel that through this podcast. Enjoy it. I won't tell you anymore. It's a beautiful day down there. Enjoy, Jason Saxby at Rays and what he goes Byron Bay. We're on, Scarlett. We're on. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jason Saxby. Welcome. uh, Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome for having me. Thank you very much. (laughs) This is such a beautiful spot. We're here at Waddy Goes Beach at Ray's, and uh, we're sitting out underneath the shade of the umbrellas with these beautiful trees, looking out at the beautiful ocean, beautiful people everywhere. I mean, it must have been um, an easy uh, transition to want to to come up and, and hang around Byron.
1: Uh, absolutely, I think uh I think nature does all the hard work we're just going to come in and fill in the gaps but um yeah look i I sort of um never planned on being here. I always kind of looked at Byron as that like close to home holiday that was probably not my scene i don't surf i don't i don't really drink i don 't do drugs or anything like that so byron Byron just never really came across my thought as a place to go and visit until little family holiday in uh, 2018. It's weird that you say, oh, to come to Paris, you're
0: going to do (laughs) drugs.
1: Well, I used to think that. Being someone who'd never been here, you kind of, that's the image that's portrayed, you know what I mean? And then you come up here and it's really, it's not that at all. It's uh, it's there's a lot of money here. There's a lot of amazing people here. There's an amazing food system here with uh, growers and also suppliers of food. So it's like, we got up here and I just fell in love straight away and... Thought that it was a place that I could definitely come and settle down and have a family yeah. upbringing here for my kids. Yeah,
0: tell me a little bit about the hotel. That that that, that you know, like I think we we, we spoke about this, but um, the hotel it's it was more of a hotel than a restaurant.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the hotel has and always has been an internationally known, iconic, this incredible venue. Like the rooms are like nothing you'll ever see in a hotel. They they are truly, truly amazing. Um, But the restaurant, I I just always thought thought was like a little bit of a disconnect because the the hotel was like, no, we're premium. This is what we do. We are the premium hotel. We will have amazing rooms and we will only do high end. Whereas the restaurant was like, oh, let's try to cater for everybody and let's do a bit of everything for everyone. And let's try to please everyone which as you probably know, if you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing less people than if you just pick your target and then, and then stick to it. So, yeah, I always thought that the hotel was, was the world, one of the world's best, and then the restaurant just needed, I think, that, that attention
0: as well. You've got a reputation of being calm, cool, uh, professional, uh, approachable, adaptable, all those skills, true?
1: Oh, look, hopefully you're not too professional. <laughs> I never want to be too pre- pre- professional I think then you get get a little bit less adaptable if you yeah, yeah. if you're so efficient and you're so professional I think you'll lose a little bit of that yeah. like nature is nature and you've got to work with it whether that comes from people or produce you've got to deal with the uh, the goods and the bads um, but definitely all the other ones are amazing and also handsome and uh, just really nice definitely <laughs> the, that
0: was the list you gave me <laughs> I think I emailed it to you right <laughs> yeah, that's it well um, uh, how did you come to how did you come to get up here like you were you come did, did you tell me before you came
1: up on a holiday or something? Yeah, a uh, family holiday. Uh, we were meant to go to, we're looking at either Fiji or some other island, you know, because I always looked to get out of Australia for a holiday. Um, and my wife was pregnant, so that ruled out anywhere tropical because you can't go because of the mosquitoes, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, So we looked closer to home and we're like, you know what, Byron Bay looks to be, oh no, we're going we're to go to Early Beach. And then Early Beach had just had a cyclone. Ah, nature pushed you? Yeah, so we ended up going a little bit further south. So we came to Byron, um, stayed in Kingscliff actually, just up the road, which is near where I live now. And I just instantly went, wow, this is nothing like what, what it's pushed in the media or by word of mouth to be. Like it is an incredible little... It's, it's its own world. It yeah. really is
0: its own world. When does it start? Does it start at the farm or does it start about our shed when you're coming into town? It just <laughs> starts does, at a shed for sure. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it pretty much just flips into this beautiful, yeah. beautiful place, doesn't it?
1: It does. And it's also it's not even just the location, it's the people yeah. that I find. You've got, to really, you've got to really gel with the people. You've got to become one of them almost before they accept you and let you in. <laughs> Did
0: you know anyone up here before you got here?
1: Not at all. I knew one guy, David Lovett. And he's who actually contacted about basically. Well, we we got home from our holiday and loved the area so much. And the wife uh, got home from work one day. And the wife's like, I found some blocks of land we should go look at up nearby. And I'm like, holy shit, like, wow, that progressed quickly. Um, Are you sure? Like, that's a big, you know, big commitment. But then we talked about it and we're like, it could be something we just pay off in the background while we finish our life in Sydney. get a little bit of a nest egg and a a bit more of a following for me to come up here and open my own restaurant. That was always the goal.
0: So, just so everyone knows, there's a little bit of a um, a beautiful building site across the road where they're trying to build something that looks very much like Ray's, so that's that background noise you can hear amongst the the hustle and bustle of this beautiful place. Um, So what was the next So You came up on this beautiful holiday with your wife, how did you hear about this Ray's? Oh activity. look,
1: I, I I reached out to a, a guy up here, David Lovett, that I know from Sydney, and I was like, look, we're purchasing land in the area. Um, you know my style of food, you know what I want to do. I, I am in mean, no way, shape, or form in a hurry, but if the job ever comes up, because I wanted to come and and learn the area before, I thought I'd just be that Sydney guy that comes and opens a restaurant and you know tries to be better than everyone else because that's not going to be acceptable in Byron Bay. So I was like, if I can come up implant myself into the community, really learn the supplies in the community and stuff like that, before opening a restaurant or anything like that. And obviously i still had no idea Ray's existed or a job existed. Um, and he goes, oh yeah, cool, you know, I'm actually having lunch. He was having lunch at Paper Daisy and found out that they had just hired the head chef of Ray's on goes to be their new head chef. And he goes, so look, I've no idea what Ray's is doing. I don't know if they've already found someone, but you could reach out to Francesca um, who is the general manager there, and and speak to her. So I did. I reached out, just sent her a message on Instagram um, and basically went from, oh, let's have a chat tomorrow. Like, she didn't give anything away. She's like, oh, yeah, cool, let's, let's have a chat tomorrow. And then it went from a 10-minute sort of, you know, professional chat to an hour and a half of just chatting like we are now. Um, she's a great a great leader and a great person and I just really gelled with her. And, yeah, so then... All of a sudden, I was up here the next week, uh, staying at the property, getting to know it a bit more. Is that a tactic you could use generally, like where you could just get more job you, offers? Yeah,
0: pretend you <laughs> want to go for a job somewhere.
1: get free. Where, where, do I, where else do I want to go? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Probably, it'll shoot you in the foot eventually if you've got that reputation. But um, yeah, look. Then it came up and and just instantly like was blown away. Yeah. Like I'd never heard of Rays before. Um, the hotel never popped up in my search engine when I was looking for accommodation in the area, and the restaurants never never had. an an image, it's never had a reputation within food media and stuff like that. It's never, uh, Oh, I did research, it was in the Good Food Guide up until I think 2010, 2011, um, was the last year it was in the Good Food Guide and it got like a review of 12, 12 12.5, which was the last year that they did reviews under the score of 14. So that was the last year it was in the Good Food Guide. So that's, you know, it had been off the map for a while. Um, But yeah, I saw photos I went, wow. Like the potential is incredible. Then it came up and I saw the potential firsthand. I felt the vibe that was here. I felt the energy. I saw the staff and went, yeah, there's potential here for this to be an incredible, incredible low destination restaurant.
0: Wow. What a privilege for you to be um, able and anyone really, but you're going to come here and grab it and stay for a while and, and yeah, make, it real, make it a real yeah, 100%. a restaurant more so than the hotel destination is that what you go That's actually what I
1: pitched at the start is yeah. I reckon you could make the restaurant as much of a destination as the hotel. the hotel it's only seven rooms, so where it's already booked out for pretty much all twenty twenty one so it's not like it needs any help in sort of jacking up its reputation, but the restaurant certainly I just felt there was a disconnect between the reputation of the hotel and then the reputation of the restaurant I suppose I just thought that you could always combine the two, make a synergy and make sort of they bounce off each other rather than two separate businesses, which is what I kind of felt that it kind of was, was, it was like two separate things where you came for the hotel or you came for the restaurant. Um, obviously, you can't have everyone that's sitting in the restaurant staying in-house because there's only seven rooms, but you can certainly have that quality and that same experience from start to finish, whether you're in the cellar bar or the restaurant or by the pool or in a room. It's all about, I think, delivering a quality service and a quality product. So first thing was sort of getting to know suppliers. I, I spent six months just getting my head around the suppliers, the local suppliers, the how I get the most premium of anything. Uh, money usually talks in that regards, but um, Not only that, I think it's more so up here than anywhere else I've ever seen, it's relationships with people. If you come across as a bit of a dick, you'll get treated like a bit of a dick and that means that you will get the shit Rogers. The the reality of it is that vibe and personality means a lot up here and I think a lot of people are just sitting back just going, what's this guy going to do? Is he this city idiot that's going to come in and tell us that we're all, you know... Or is he going to come in and try to embed himself in the community and and be a part of it? And when you get into that and when you actually become a part of the community, everyone gets behind you. And it's not like I don't look at Ben Up at Pippet or Paper Daisy or Fleet as competition or Harvest as competition. I look at them as their other reasons to come to this region. And we're all pushing similar ethos. If you look at all the restaurants combined, we all use the same suppliers. We all... Have the same ethos of sustainability, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Who's the best? Us, of course. No, <laughs> Jackie.
1: no, honestly, I think um, I think Benny David pippett has got some real potential to <laughs> yes. to take it from not just being a restaurant to being more more than a restaurant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's got that ownership, yeah. so he can really, really make it. Did Whereas, you listen to the podcast with him? Yeah, he's he, he in the
0: best place I've ever, ever yeah. seen him in his
1: life. Yeah, um, I think, and he just has that drive to 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 push like the 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 fishbone china and stuff like that it's just crazy shit i don't i don't understand where it comes from but um no i think that everyone we all have our different things while using the same suppliers you don't come here and have a go oh yeah cool they're using that like that place where we're so different you know and then you go to fleet same suppliers so different you go to pippet same suppliers so different which i think is amazing that we're not competition we're not We're not bidding against each other, we're all supporting each other. And since coming here and like getting into the community, the the locals are just like, they're so supportive. And during COVID when, you know, we could only have 10 covers, those 10 covers were locals, most of them. And that was incredible. Obviously now that we're the busiest we've ever been, I'm not gonna lie, this this year has been a wild, wild ride. and we've got all the travellers back and stuff like that. But the locals, they were there the whole time. When we tried to do takeaway, the locals were there the whole time. And it was just one of those things, I think, that just embeds you further into the community. And now, because of that, I've got amazing relationships with my suppliers, a little bit more consistency, a little bit more reliability in terms of delivery days and, you know, all the weird little things that come along with super small suppliers. And starting to reap the benefits now where I can... Stop worrying about that. That's been set. Now I can start worrying about making the infrastructure here support what we want to do. Because at the moment, we're 50% of what I want. Wow. Right, we are Our kitchen, I'll show you after this. Yeah,
0: yeah, I haven't been. <laughs> it's hardcore, man.
1: It's hardcore. It is a small, small kitchen and the storage and all that. So we are, we're just making do to get by, doing the very best we can. But I think... The team at the moment compensate for the the, the the kitchen. I've got an amazing team of, I don't know where or why or how I managed to attract um, like actual professionals that want to come and not surf um, in Byron Bay, which everyone tells me is impossible. Um, but yeah, I've got an amazing team. Sam, of hard I still work love people. you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's just one of those things. Now, now we've got the the, the stepping stones there, and now we've just got to push forward to sort of make this place as special as it can be, which is really bloody special.
0: Everyone knows who you are because you're on the cover of every magazine I, I look at lately. <laughs> um, what's going on there? Oh, I don't know. It's you going well, go, isn't it? Have you become more <laughs> famous than no. you've here? Um, yeah. I,
1: I honestly think that this building does that, doesn't it? It does. This yeah. building just yeah. attracts I attention. Once here too, i heard about a combi, <laughs> the, a crazy <laughs> chef in a combi that used to do juices and fruit down on the beach. And I'm like, we we have a combi now. Like, yeah. water goes hasn't gone anywhere.
0: Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. that as good as Michael? Right? Nah, no,
1: probably not. No, Michael's an absolute legend. He does more coffees than he does fruits and juices, <laughs> though. Um, I think I think the times have changed. But um, look, I, I honestly think that this place is special. It's really special, and I think you, when you come and you you come open minded and you release yourself to what this place is. You could have f- an incredible experience
0: for a guy who doesn't surf, who doesn't look like he's I know inspired, right? <laughs> right? You're saying all the right things. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, trying to blend. Yeah, yeah. Did you just read that sign on the way? <laughs> slow,
1: no. What does it say? Slow down, slow chill down. out, be happy. <laughs> yeah, Something like that. Something down, like that. Yeah. Look, I've read it once or twice. I drive past it every day, yeah. usually in traffic. Yeah, uh, I think that's why it says slow down because the traffic's horrendous. It makes Sydney look pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. This place, I just think. You could like If you come here and you do the hard work, this place will will set you up very well.
0: So those those are the people who don't know where you come from. Let's jump back into Sydney. Who you work for, who you mentors, who most influenced you. Okay. Uh, Let's go back into that for a few minutes. All right. Well, I'm from Bathurst originally. Oh, Bathurst. Beautiful. Small,
1: small region. It's not that small. Uh, I did drive a Commodore. (laughs) I wrapped it around a tree when I was very young. Um, But, yeah, I, I grew up in Bathurst, did my apprenticeship in Bathurst at what was Bathurst's best restaurant in the time, Crowded House. And then 92, but, you know, steak and mushrooms and mash and, you know, like country, party, country fare, but done well still. And then, um, I don't know, I did my apprenticeship and then I'm like my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, luckily, um, we just wanted to get to Sydney. We just wanted to go see what else there was. I think that's a natural progression for chefs to go to where the best restaurants are, learn from the best. Um, I ended up landing at the Park Hyatt working for Alessandro Pavoni, who now owns Amegio. Um And he basically, after about a month of like, who's this cowboy from Bathurst, you know? Um, after about a month, he goes, you've got potential. And his big, burly, northern Italian accent is the mountain of a man. I'm gonna ditch you how to cook, forget everything. And so basically he just took me back every section, went around all the sections in the kitchen, and he did. He, he taught me how to cook Italian food properly. Um, and then after about a year and a half, he goes, I've got a friend that owns a two hat restaurant up in the Northern beaches. I think you should go work there now. That's awesome. Yeah. And then he sent me to Pillow at Freshwater. Um, luckily, like a few months later, he left the Hyatt, um, to go open a Meggio after some health issues and stuff like that. Um, and then I went and worked at Pilu for about a year and a half, which Pilu's like super Sardinian sort of rustic traditional fare back then. Um beautiful cottage overlooking the beach. So, you know, beautiful, beautiful place. I always looked at that as my dream restaurant, like that setting. And then did a year and a half there. Then I just wanted to learn some modern cooking. Really, really got interested in cookbooks and really got interested in the, the world food scene and all that stuff. And everything back then was going back to Key. Everything was about key back then. So naturally me thinking that I could get a job at Key, just walked in one day from a resume in the back door. Um luckily was greeted by lovely people, which was uh, a surprise to me. I thought it was going to be like one of those shame moments where, you know, who the fuck do you think you are? Um, but no, got got caught in for a trial and then did a trial at Key, got a job, and then I spent a year and a half working nearly every section of Key other than pastry, really. Um, and a couple of the colder sections on larder. Pastry too hard for have? No, never never interested <laughs> me back then. Never well, not interested even me. The snow no, not even the so snow. I <laughs> ate a lot of them. I ate a lot of snow eggs. Um, best dessert I've ever had, hands down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like, just the way that Pete ran the kitchen. Like back then, the year that I was there was the year that the cookbook was being produced, the first key cookbook. Yep. Um, I was lucky enough to get my photo in that a few times. It's the photographs you oh, stunning, I are still, how you take a photograph I still think it's one of the most beautiful cookbooks yeah. ever published you in ever the world. Did
0: the photography on that? Congratulations. That is a fantastic Yeah,
1: and then all of his books pre- yeah. progressively after are also just as beautiful. Yeah. But, um, and then like those year that the Key cracked into the top 50 in the world and stuff like that. So it was a very good year to be at Key. And Pete, just, just seeing him handle all of this added on media, added on pressure, added on everything. And the way he just handled it and was still the most lovely guy is, that's what literally has inspired how I treat my staff and how I work today is more than the food. Obviously I learned a lot about food there, but his personality and Just his warmness about about if shit goes wrong, which it will happen. Um, Not all of his sous chefs are obviously that that lovely, but he just always was just so kind and so understanding. And you know, that was my biggest mentorship then was like how to get the best out of your team because I went to work every day and I put in 150%. Not because I had to, because I wanted to out of respect. And then from there, in 2011, I won the Josephine Pignolet Best Young Chef Award. Um, gave me $25,000 cash. Nice. Um, airfares to anywhere I wanted to go in the world and a set of shun knives and a magnum of uh, Bollinger, which, which didn't go down too bad either. <laughs> I used that magnum of Bollinger to propose to my wife, actually. <laughs> um, and then we had these elaborate plans of traveling the world and we did them. Uh, amazing plans. Uh, went to New York to work for Thomas Keller, per se. Um, I met Thomas Keller twice in the time that I was there because he uh, bases himself in the Napa more. Um, but per se, just like, it's a military operation. It's the only way that I can describe it, like the the rules and regulations and the protocols and all that. But it is the most immaculately run, calm, clean place you'll ever step foot in in your life. It is inspirational to see, but unrealistic to achieve because... Nowhere else in the world, I don't think, can you own or operate a restaurant like that. Thomas Keller's just got that going for him. Anyway, I love my time there, but then um, was going for a, a visa to stay longer, but it got rejected, so then had to come back, uh, well, had to leave America, went to London, worked at the Ledbury, and then Pollen Street Social. The Ledbury was a place to be back then. Again, the year that I was there, was a very good year to be at the Ledbury, but also a very hard year because it was one of those places that wasn't set up to be what it was. The kitchen was shambles. And the year that I was there, it cracked into the world's top 50 and went from doing 20, 30 covers of service to- you reckon you've had anything to do
0: all these top fifty? No, 50s. absolutely not. It's pure <laughs>
1: luck, 100% pure luck. And not even like planned luck, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go work at that because yeah. it's the next thing. It's just complete serendipitous, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it also just reflects that if you have the drive to, to, to work at the best, or to work in the best that you can, um, you'll get there and you'll, you'll definitely do it. Because I'm a boy from Bathurst who, in no way, shape or form, wanted to be a chef. And I think I worked fucking hard. I worked really hard. And and that's what I try to instill in my team now, is it's not about hours, it's not about money. If you wanna make the money and have better hours in the future, you gotta do the hard work at the, at the start. That's
0: the whole lesson of life, isn't
1: it? Yeah. It's, it's really hard to instill in young people. It really is to get them to realise that if you do over 38 hours, it's okay. It's not like we can't force them to do that anymore. Like, we don't we do not do that. But if they want to ever be at the top, they need to invest that time themselves voluntarily.
0: Well, it makes sense And if you're an artist of any description, if you don't paint a lot,
1: yeah, exactly. then you're
0: not going to be a good yeah. painter.
1: If you go, oh, it's 5 o'clock, paintbrush down,
0: yeah.
1: what are you going well, to... It's very hard... Lesson, it is really important though that I think to the future of our industry in this country that people start taking a little bit more responsibility for their own progression because it's not up to the restaurants now to push you to be the best you can because they're not allowed to. It's, it's now up to you as an individual to push yourself to be better, to try to get what you can to milk the restaurant. You know what I mean? Like say I'm going to come in on my day off and work with a meat chef so I can learn how to butcher meat. That's what I did. You know, I wasn't paid to learn what I learned. you just got to do it. So um, it's an incredible
0: home support to be able to do that. Your yeah. friend wasn't going off,
1: now your wife. Well, the wife, man, she's put up with some shit. <laughs> okay. the, 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 the day where I, I realised 100% I that, check she you you that she happened. was. She wasn't perfect. No, no, she she's put up with some shit. Yeah. The, the day that I realised 100% that she was the one that, yeah. like, would support me through anything. I was in London. I think I was working at Pollen Street at the time. And it snowed, and obviously, when London when it snows in London, everything shuts down, and it's mayhem, and um, which is crazy because it's been happening for a long time. Um, So all the all the tubes shut down, and then I ended up getting a night bus home. Had to wait three hours for the night bus because everyone went past full. Then I was in the middle of the city, they were already full by then, and then I finally got on one at like 3 a.m. And then it like got four stops down the road and pulled over and went, "Sorry guys, everyone out. I'm not going any further." So I had to walk home to Hammersmith from the middle of the city, which was a long walk in the snow. I had canvas vans on, um, so I was well set up for the snow. I got home at about 6am and my wife woke up to make me breakfast. I had a shower, I changed my clothes and went back to work. And just like that was like to, to go through that and to, to support me and then cook for me so I at least ate something in my... 50-something hours of just straight not being home was incredible. And that's when I'm like, yeah, that's she's a keeper. She's getting the vibes. She's a keeper. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then after Pollen Street Social, I decided to come home and I heard about The Bridge Room, which was uh, Ross Lustard's restaurant in Sydney, had just opened, and I went there as a sous chef and worked very hard for him for a while and then met a gentleman named Mark, Mark Russo, who I opened up Russo and Russo with in the inner west of Sydney, uh, Italian like it looked like a set of the Godfather like lacy white curtains, dark wood, marble which back in 2013 wasn't as common as it is now that's for sure um, but we did it we, we painted everything ourselves, we built it ourselves, we sanded, we took the paint off the brick walls we did everything ourselves, I think we opened up including furniture we opened up for less than 50k Wow. and then we just ran that place like you know we were business partners and it was amazing to sort of see shambles, just shambles. It was like complete shambles, but we made it work. We got a hat and then obviously got a bit of press and stuff like that. Did renovations, went on a second story, and then that business took off. It was like really incredible to, to take an idea and then turn it into this amazing beast of a operation. But then um, I think it was in 2016, I was offered to go back to Pilu as the executive chef, which was uh, I just wanted to learn that top end as a head chef before I went and opened my own restaurant or anything. And then, yeah, I spent three and a half years doing that. And then here I am, family later.
0: Family. What about, so what's, what is the, like, you're in this beautiful spot. What, what's your biggest challenge right right now, today? What are, we, what are your what are you, staffing Staffing.
1: Staffing. Staffing. Yeah. yeah. It is but the surely worst. This is,
0: like, you're one of the best chefs. It doesn't too, matter. Really? Honestly,
1: there's no one. You put up an ad, you don't get any applicants. Like I, I actually watched an ad, a, a thing on the news last night saying that there's such a, a shortage of jobs going. There's so many people applying for each job, blah, blah, blah. There's not enough jobs in Australia. We've got literally every single department in this hotel got, is well, crying fine. out for staff. No one's applying. And the people that have applied, I had a guy come in and he looked at me in the eye and goes, will you pay me cash? Because I'm on JobKeeper still. Oh. And I'm like, look, I don't know you but I disrespect you very deep right now. Straight away. <laughs> I do not want you in my in my kitchen, I'm sorry. Like Yeah, as it's just like what kind of like Yeah, anyway, so staffing 100% at the moment, industry in general, like everyone I speak to in Sydney. Same?
0: Yeah. Tell me why people would want to work. Here. Look at I place. know, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell no, so wait, look, we've I know that. That's a silly question because you're here. It's in a beautiful spot. Yeah. You're going to be learning from all your skills. It's a happy place. Everyone I've walked past is just bloody vibrant. Yeah. Every every customer that seems to walk past is waving Yeah. It must be a fantastic place to work.
1: It is, and it, and it actually is. I really, like, I spent a lot of time on culture. Um, at Pillow I did it, and then I did it here, where you get a team and you, they're tired or they're stressed or they're overworked or underpaid. I can't fix the underpaid thing all the time. You know, that's... that's, uh, that's a big problem, I have fixed that a little bit, but um, what I can do is reduce the hours. So we've set up a four-day week here. You work three, three, three doubles and one single. You do 45 hours. You get three and a half days off to go surf, sit on the beach, get drunk. I don't care what you are in your time off. As long as when you're at work, you're at work and you're focused. Um, and also just trying to work and mentor people through personality differences. You're going to work with some some grouches and you're going to work with some really laid-back people that are perhaps a little bit too laid-back. And it's just seeing people's weaknesses and strengths and using them to better them and better the business as well.
0: What words do you do normally use in those challenges? Like, how do you approach things like someone who's a bit, bit casual, a bit, 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 you know, they're really, really good, but they're just a little bit casual around the edges?
1: I honestly, I think the first thing I always do is, is what do you want to be if you want to be a really, really good chef? then this is the road to it. If you don't want to be a really, really good chef, that's cool, chill, you know? But I, I have positions in this business for le- different levels. I can't have all the best chefs in the world, you know what I mean? Because like, then the ones at the bottom will be like, well, why do I deserve to be here over him? You know what I mean? So you need different people at different levels of their career, at different stages of their development, um, because I also like to teach and grow and develop skills. I can teach skills. I can teach people how to make pasta. I can teach people to fill a fish. I can't teach good attitudes. And 100% good attitude is how I hire now. If you're the best chef and you've had three hat experience, but you come in and you're an arrogant dick, I'm not going to hire you because I, the kitchen's so small and that one, I think, attitude change and shift in the business is so detrimental to the overall um, feel and overall culture of the team. And it's so important. So important that people have to be proud of why they do what they do. You know, we don't work massive hours, but we still work big hours compared to the average Joe Blow who's in the office. Um, so we've set up like programs where you get to come and eat at the restaurant once a year for free, and set up nights in the hotel, which has been sidetracked now because we're so full. But um, little rewards so people can see the business from the other side and actually know why they do what they do. Because none of my chefs are ever going to be affording to stay here. It's, it's unrealistic. So if you give them a taste of it, whether it be in the spa or whether it be in the restaurant, and give them that experience, they go, wow, this is why we do it. And also just making them a part of the positive feedback and the negative feedback. Because uh, we do still get the odd, actually it's been very good lately, but we still get the odd negative feedback usually about prices, you know, like the, the, the beach hotel in town does, you know, steak for cheaper or whatever, you know. We don't, we don't argue with that. They probably do do steak for cheaper, but they probably don't use seven score ranges value, are you? So it is, you know, it's, it's, a different, it's a different thing when you involve the team in the highs and lows and you make them feel that they're part of it rather than they're just working in it. I think it's important
0: that then they see the big picture. You know, the best thing about this podcast is I learned so much. <laughs> um, wow so that's your so staffing hey that's the biggest challenge
1: yeah 100% right now 100% last year I thought it was um consistency of produce and things like that but like those issues seem far removed from having staff to cook those things
0: what is your favorite local produce what are you what are you loving what's something was it the Strain Bay Lobster Company
1: yeah of course. those guys are just not only really good suppliers like we got absolutely hammered. We got to be put on a lobster roll down the cellar bar last week when we reopened, and um, we just sold so many. I was like, yeah, we'll sell about the same. We had, we had a fish burger, on. I'm like, we'll sell about the same amount. It went nuts. Saturday morning, I'm like, look, is there any chance of an emergency deliverer, um, delivery of the lobsters? <clears throat> and he's like, oh, I'll just see with the guys. I'm like, I know you might not be working. He goes, "No, we, We're here seven days because we've got live lobsters in the tank, so they aren't. They aren't leaving them alone for 48 hours. And he goes, yeah, cool, we'll be down in a few hours and drop me off like seven kilos of, of lobsters. Like those sorts of things, like they they make what I do so much easier because I can be a little bit unorganised. Um, those guys, Cooperstreet Tomatoes are always a favourite, um, which I get through you. They, every year I'm just blown away by the quality of them. Um, I love Boonluck. They're, they're super... I think you, you can use them for weird stuff. You don't use them for your, your bulk veg, you know, like you use them for your weird little oh, yeah, heirloom yeah, things yeah, yeah. on the side, you yeah. know. Like yeah. um, Lovely people too. Lovely people, yeah. And I've got a great relationship with them. With Deb Allard with the cheese, she's great. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, lactose intolerant, so I'm surprised her cheeses are so good. <laughs> she can't taste them, but she, they're, oh, they're she's great. Oh, she lactose intolerant. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. This area has just got so much, to be honest, so it really does.
0: What, uh, what are the best resources that you've, um, you know, that you've got? Like, is there a tool or is there a machinery in the kitchen or is there something that's just gone, hey, without that knife or without that dehydrator or without that thing, <coughs> is there anything that just like steps out to you?
1: Oh, look, first of all, I'd have to see my team. Oh, good, good answer. Um, without my team, because I had, I was, you know, here without that team for a while and it was bloody hard work. Now with, with them, Definitely, it's a lot easier. We don't have any fancy equipment. Like, I'm not even joking. We have, we have one drop oven. We have six burners. It's like I've got as many burners at home in my kitchen as we do in the in the kitchen here. Um, I've got a thirty centimeter char grill, thirty centimeter flat top, and a combi oven. The combi oven's definitely. You wonder
0: why people don't want to work.
1: Here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like I think you learn how to cook. Yeah, We're yeah. not relying on. You got fire as well? Yeah. No. Yeah. No fire. No, we don't have any. Charcoal or anything like that. We've got yeah. a gas char grill. Yeah, um, we do pull out a little charcoal grill down here when we do Can
0: we light a fire on the beach?
1: Well, we just set up a little table down in that parking spot We put a little a yeah, yeah. uh, little ra- rabata grill down there. No look, we've got nothing fancy. Honestly, it is a hundred percent People and
0: produce. What's the biggest myth about Jason Saxby?
1: Um, oh, there is no myths, is there? Yeah. I'm not that famous to have myths about me.
0: Some some people think. I think think you've become very famous.
1: Some people think they take my. I think. (laughs) (laughs) maybe. Maybe I'm not that famous. I think some people take my over enthusiastic energy as sometimes the wrong way. Like, I am a very positive, very happy person. Some people can't handle that. Like, I've worked in kitchens with people where they're like, will you just calm down and shut up? Like. (laughs) Like like
0: 15 minutes ago when, yeah. our, when our computer died. Yeah. <laughs> it's like,
1: were you just were you just like, how how do you do your job and talk as much as you talk? I talk a lot. I sing in the kitchen. I dance. I love what I do. I fucking love what I do. What do you dance to? Mate? Anything and everything. Yeah. I have the most a bit of Michael Jackson. Nah, look. At, at the moment, we're going through a bit of a bit of just a house beats vibe oh, yeah. at the moment. Actually, they got orchestra music playing up in the kitchen yeah. at the moment. We have we have music playing in the kitchen all the time. Because I, I am a strong believer that you have to have fun in what you do. yeah. And for me to have fun, it, in, it involves music and singing and my team can hate it, but I sing a lot. <laughs> We've got a, a young
0: Brad at work and I hope he's listening to this. So he is just belts out the ballads from years and like, I can, like, I'll be on the phone in the office and I I to look shut up a little bit, like, Yeah, he out Yeah, no, I
1: think, good. yeah, I think, look, people either love or hate my personality because if you're a quiet, reserved, like, in a person, I'm a little bit too much for some people. Um, And I am like this all the time, I'm
0: I'm not. I must admit, I had to deal with you a fair few times on the phone to get this organized. Um, And you have been absolutely exceptional in your dealings with um, cancellations and movements. (laughs) Well, I promised beer, where's the beer? Yeah, yeah, I did did (laughs) say it as soon as I got out of the car. And I said it when we just pulled around the car the beer, get the beer. Got the rings. Just send it to me, Sammy, just yeah, send it to me, Sammy. Yeah, there was beer, just so knows, because I had to cancel it and something like that. Um, Yeah, so you're sticking around with Zimbara, and yep. you're going to do some really good things here. This is, awesome. a, like I said, a, a global destination. You're going to uh, uh, aim to uh, improve on what is already amazing, food, and yep. embrace more culture of the, the local people. Will you yep. ever get out into the surf and try and surf?
1: One day. Oh, yeah. One day. Look, there's, there's surfboards right yeah, there I could take. Sort of like, the hotel has surfboards that I could take any day. I've been in that water three times since I've been here in, in 19 months. So I think that's pretty good odds. That's, that's once every six months really that I've been in the water there.
0: That reminds me of Dwayne, my business partner. He lives five minutes from the beach. And
1: yeah. Oh, I go to the beach when I'm off all the time. This is the, this is the thing I love about this region um, is days off are incredible. I, like, I just went on uh, Sunday, I had a Sunday off, which is like rare. I had to say, off, no, i we went to Targum, which is like a little tiny village in, the, village in the middle of nowhere. It's near my block of land, actually. And um, there's like the best gelato you can have in this area called Targum Gelato Shop. And the salted caramel gelato was insane. But um, we just went out there, and then there's a place down the road doing like proper barbecue, like in a big, massive smoker. Had barbecue for lunch. And then we went for a swim in the afternoon, and we're like, the days off here are just amazing. Where was the barbecue? In Targum At a ah, okay. cafe there, they just... They have a big a big paddock next to it. They set up big black Yoda smokers, fill it full of brisket and beef short ribs and chicken wings and every Sunday they do it. The it's good. good stuff. It was good. Yeah. It was good, but there's the gelato was. Is,
0: is there a pub out there? Yeah. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. a pub. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Didn't, didn't go to the pub, I had the two, two kids with me so I resisted the urge. Yeah, yeah. Had a ginger beer with lunch instead. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> I actually don't.
0: Yeah, I have weeks and weeks of drinking.
1: Yeah, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do any drugs, I just, I drink a lot of coffee. Probably helps my personality yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, no, I just, I just love days off up here and, and love the family culture. And since moving up here, we've welcomed our second kid. So we've got a little lessons. Arlo now. So this area is home yeah. and I'll be here. This is it. I'm Good. settled. I'm done. You're famous.
0: You're a beautiful family. You're in heaven. I mean...
1: I just need the money to come along with it, right? Yeah,
0: well,
1: yeah. You probably don't. <laughs> oh, so, what is I'm trying money? to build a house at the moment, We're so we tell our
0: staff that money's not who you, you work for. Yeah, it, you no,
1: definitely. That. But it'll pay for my mortgage, yeah, yeah, which yeah. will be a problem next year when we start building.
0: Mm. Yeah, I understand. Well, welcome, and thank you for being a part of the broadcast. I, um, Thanks for really, no, You're a really busy guy, and I appreciate you working with all the time changes and everything. Yeah. And I know that people are going to be inspired by what you've said, and you'll probably get a heap of applicants. What's the best way to find you? Is it, like, on Instagram, or is it through Graves? Right? Instagram, what email. Is your, what is your Instagram? Let's uh,
1: Jason M. Saxby. And, um, look, I'm I'm usually pretty pretty okay on posting but like it's been a bit of a dry spell lately i've just been head down bum up and too busy to even bother really um probably more family stuff than than food stuff lately um just while we we just renovated and reopened this little bar down here which is pumping um so yeah but yeah, instagram follow me whatever
0: so is that the best way to get in contact with you if someone does want to you know yeah Talk about I so.
1: yeah i think so it's the most unofficial yet official way yeah Right. I don't have time for phone calls, probably some I'm in the middle of service, or I don't have phone reception in the kitchen anyway. People can't get a park
0: to come and see No, it, no.
1: people won't get a park. <laughs> don't bother trying to get a parking spot in Watergoes. Walk from Byron. It's a beautiful walk. Yes. Park, park at the pass and walk along there. There's usually dolphins and turtles yeah. playing in the waves. Yeah. Um, but you know all about water goes. You're, a, you're an old local yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah. I do love this place. Um, the aboriginal's call it the, you know, the Byron Bay, like the healing place. Um, so, you know, you're meant to come here and, and be healed and go. So um, and some people... I'm being healed, go. but I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, good. So make sure you stay. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for being a part of the broadcast. My pleasure. Man. Absolute pleasure to talk to you and get to know you a little bit myself uh, even more. So um, thank awesome. you. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Beautiful.